show on UDTFM. Here's Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football with your host, Jake Trowbridge and Dustin Lunt. Hey, welcome back to DTFF, everyone. Happy Tuesday evening if you're joining us live. We have got a great show for you this evening. Uh, as you can see, we are not alone. Jake and I have a very special guest joining us this evening. Uh, before we introduce our guest, I got to say hi to my co-host, Jake, and see how you're doing this evening, sir. I'm doing great. Thank you for giving me priority over this guest of ours. Let's leave him hanging for a little bit longer until we get him introduced. Now I'm feeling great. I'm feeling amazing. Uh, we are beyond our Packer Homer bye week. And so now we get to enjoy some potential misery down the line. Uh, but I'm not going to dwell on that. I'm going to dwell on the positives, which is I have a beer and we get to talk about fancy football. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So with no further ado, we shall introduce our guest, Eric Romoff. Welcome back to the show. It's been a bit. Uh, you were here for our divisional breakdown series of the AFC South, as we were just kind of chatting about that before we went live here. So welcome back. Thanks. I will. Uh, I'll time my beer to right now because it's oh. time to drink a little bit. So we're perfect. We're, we're in this, boys. I'm I'm, I'm ready for it. Yeah. That so. Sound amazing before we get into it why don't you tell folks a little bit about yourself that may not know anything about you where they can find you what you're up to these days Ooh, um i'm a taurus i'm not much of a talker but i love to listen um all <laughs> all of my work uh you can find rolled up into my twitter handle which is at fantasy nav i also suck at pointing at this thing there we go um, that's, um, that's where it all rolls up, but I am a contributor for drrodo.com. I am a contributor for the football diehards. I am a co-host for the in-between podcast, the in-between media podcast where Jake so kindly swung through a few weeks ago. Um, and I'm also a co-founder of green screens media where we talk all things college basketball and pretend like the season is year round. So we're, we're, uh, we're ramping up for the season. I guess it's like 20 days from now. And uh, I can't believe that it's already here. Eric yeah, was also a nominee for Best New Artist at the 2012 Latin Grammys. Is that correct? Right? That's correct. I Wikipedia that. I believe that that's correct. C. Okay. Yep. Oh, uh, and it's an honor just to be nominated. <laughs> uh, I know you didn't win, but but exciting nonetheless. Uh, <laughs> only one of the things that we just mentioned there is untrue, but you are amazing at all of them regardless. Mm-hmm. All right, so we've got a great show this evening. We are doing a little um, Who'd You Rather for the rest of this fantasy season. So from week seven forward, we're going to give you two guys. Who would you rather have on your team and why? So uh, before we get into it, though, we got our normal top of the show housekeeping to do here. Uh, first and foremost, what are we all drinking this evening, gentlemen? Eric, we'll start with you since we heard that nice beer crack. I am drinking a hazy little thing IPA. It's still uh, very warm in South Texas, so still uh, still IPA season for me. You said the nice. beer was really warm, and I got really concerned for you. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. The no. beer is cold. 
I am also drinking a hazy IPA. I'm drinking a hazy beer hug. I drank the Imperial version of this last week. Mm -hmm. I toned it down just a little. This is not a 10 percenter. This is a 6.8 percent, though. So it has a little bit of kick to it. Nice. And I, since we are in the fall season, while I can still get them, we're doing some Oktoberfest. This one from Central Waters here in Wisconsin, uh, probably one of my more favorite Oktoberfest. So I was really excited that I was able to see it the other day at the grocery store. Because uh, oh, not much longer and they're going to be gone and I'm going to be, you know, infinite sadness until next year. <sighs> but yeah. moving on. Uh, so, Jake, as you were saying before we got going here, um, a weird day of news in the NFL. Why don't you is happening? Why don't you hit the highlights for us? Well, I don't know if I would dare to call them highlights necessarily, but the things that happened today, or the news that we heard of at least, I think has to start off with the supposed resurrection of Julio Jones, who is going to join A.J. Brown in Philadelphia. Uh, Why? I don't, I'm not sure, um, but hopefully they are. I don't know that it It just just wants a ring on it. Uh, That's that's (laughs) understandable. Uh, at 35 years old, I can't imagine he's going to be a major threat here. He's certainly not going to be taking away from A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith, but he'll be there. So if you held on to him in Dynasty just for fun and vibes, I guess enjoy. That. I don't know, didn't Quez get put on IR? So maybe that's why yeah, Quez did this IR. open uh, wide receiver spot now. And why not Julio? Yes. I would just imagine there's somebody else on the depth chart who could fill in somewhat for Quez, but I'm not going to get in the way of whatever the Eagles want to uh, <laughs> want to do with that. I don't think we need to spend much time about any real fantasy implications there. I do think it's interesting, a couple of the running backs, though, that got picked up or signed today. One was very obvious, one much less so, but the Packers signed James Robinson. Uh, we were talking mm-hmm. about this a bit as Packers fans. It, does it just mean A.J. Dillon, they're just tired of him? They're just tired of how poor he's been performing? Or is Aaron Jones' injury going to linger? Do we have any ideas about that? Eric, as an outsider, can you give us some reasonability to this? I mean, I think practically speaking, it's probably both. Um, you know, I, I think the A.J. Dillon experiment has kind of run its course. He's had plenty of opportunities to, you know, take a, a larger workload and do something with it. And he hasn't, he actually gets kind of worse with more carries, which is weird to see. Um, but functionally, I would imagine they're signing James Robinson because of an injury concern. And based on how this season has gone, Aaron Jones is the far more likely candidate to, to have that injury concern, right? Obviously he missed a couple games. He played pretty limited action when he was, when he did return from injury. Right. So it, it feels more like a, you know, tried and true kind of depth signing, which has really been James Robinson's role this year. I think this is like his fourth or fifth team this season. Just anytime someone's nicked up, he gets scooped up on a practice squad and then he's released like a week or two later. He's trying to do the Ryan Fitzpatrick mm-hmm. thing of getting to all the teams, but on a much more escalated timeline. This, <laughs> right. this whole deal. Dustin, does this do anything this for year. you? Uh, for fantasy, no, this does nothing for me fantasy wise, um, at least initially, unless for some reason, like, you know, uh, there is more of an injury and say AJ Dillon or Aaron Jones goes on IR for some reason, then yeah, he, it becomes a little interesting. Um, but I like it as a real depth piece for 
real football. Uh, I'm excited to have him on our squad because he had a couple of really great seasons. So he's got the talents there. But yeah, fantasy, though, I don't see anything unless, like I said, a, a spot really opens up on the squad. Yeah, before that injury, he was looking amazing. And then the injury went and zapped it out of him. Maybe we get lucky with that. I don't know if the Rams will get lucky with this, but it made a lot of sense to see them sign Daryl Henderson, somebody who just disappeared off the face of the earth. I didn't understand why at the time. Mm-hmm. And there was it was almost like a Berenstein Bears thing of just like a memory erase. And then it, did he actually play for them? He did. And now they signed him to the practice squad because of the injuries to their two main running back, well, Kyron Williams and Ronnie Rivers. I guess I shouldn't say Ronnie Rivers is a main running back, but he is injured. Both of them are, so they picked him up. Did they also sign, I didn't add this on here, but I saw something about Miles Gaskin potentially signing with them as well. I think we're now just throwing names into the situation and seeing what they can spit out. But I don't, I don't love any of it for fantasy. Yeah, I didn't Anybody see that, like but no, I don't. It's a it's it's a depth piece. I mean, someone that's familiar with the offense that can step right in if he has to, basically. Sure. sure. Eric, any of those names, do any of them make sense for you from fantasy or do you care at all about this? I mean, I I care a little bit um, to backtrack a little bit can confirm Miles Gaskin was signed by the Rams today. They signed Ooh. two guys off the street. Um, so the reason the reason why I care is that has to send up some pretty big red flags about Zach Evans, right? Like he was kind of the last man standing here. There's going to be hordes of people that rush to their waiver wire and spend too much money to acquire him. But if if your team is going out and signing dudes that were on the couch, uh, a, a multitude of dudes that were on the couch. I mean, it's it's got to say something about, you know, how much confidence they have in you taking on a full-time role. You know, with, with Evans in particular, like the the Henderson ad makes a bit more sense because he was always kind of that gadgety third down type of profile for them. Um, uh, Evans has uh, struggled in, in limited snaps and pass protection. Most rookie running backs do, right? So I think there's like a natural fit there. The Gaskins one is just like insult to injury. Like they're really like they're pouring salt on the wound for for poor Zach Evans. It does feel rude. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a great point about about Evans. I guess I would still list him as like my my priority if I were to pick anybody up. I'm off of this whole handcuff waiver running back situation for now, though. I'll be honest. Like I'm not even running out to pick up Craig Reynolds or these other guys that are you know it could be a Amari DiMarcato situation of, oh, he's the guy, but nope, it's really Damian Williams. And that could happen on any of these teams, I think. Um, quarterback news here real quick. Daniel Jones gets moved to IR. If that's a significant bummer for you in fantasy, what, why? You should have <laughs> dropped him like two weeks ago, like Dustin said to do on this very podcast. Um, so it shouldn't affect you too much. The skill position players there. I don't know. I thought everybody looked about at their ceilings with Terod Taylor. So what the fuck do I know? Uh, does this move the needle for any skill position players for either one of you? Nope. Not to the point where I would want to roster them or at least start them, right? Like if, if you want to, you know, hang on to like, uh, 
uh, a speculative guy on on the back of your you know back of your your uh, your bench a Wandell Robinson or a Jalen Hyatt, fine. But yeah, they they certainly looked incrementally better with Tyrod out there than they have with with Daniel Jones. But that doesn't that doesn't mean that they're you know on the flex radar or anything. Mm-hmm. Please don't do that. Uh, Anthony Richardson. This is much more significant news, I think, for fantasy. Anthony Richardson sounds like he's likely out for the remainder of the season. So anybody stashing him, hoping for the triumphant return for your fantasy playoffs, doesn't look like it's going to happen. So we've got Gardner Minshew. I'm still not interested in Gardner Minshew. Uh, If you gentlemen are, I would love to hear a case for him. But again, for the pass catchers there, who, who has a moved needle in this situation, if anybody? Eric, is there a wide receiver, at least, that sticks out as this being a good thing for? Um, not in a direct way, right? Like, I, I think I think Gardner Minshew is probably going to be you know, incrementally, uh, he's going to be comparable in terms of his ability as a as a thrower of the football, right? He's, he's certainly more familiar with the NFL game and the NFL, the speed of the NFL game. But I, I don't think that they're going to come out and become this, you know, pass first air raid offense, right? So, you know, Pittman is still the the priority here. You know, we've we've seen Josh Downs, you know, come on over the last few weeks. He's he's fine as someone to hold. Really, I think the primary beneficiary is actually Jonathan Taylor. Now that he doesn't have to worry about as much of his his rushing work getting getting vultured away at the goal line. Yeah, would this make um, uh, Zach Moss even? continue to be relevant if they're going to rely on the run game even more so i mean it's it's hard to say right like the we we saw we saw the ramp uh get up to about a 50 50 split this week um if they stop here and they're they're going to rotate these two guys evenly then yeah you know uh moss can be like a bi-week fill-in type of guy i think after all of this uh i think i believe it's called hubbub around jonathan taylor and his contract I, I would be surprised if they're giving uh, really any meaningful work to, to Zach Moss come a week or two from now, right? So, we'll we'll see what Week Seven has to has to offer in terms of the the split specifically. But before long, I'm anticipating that we're going to be back to workhorse territory for for Taylor. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's all the news fit to print for today. We don't have to linger yeah. on any other happenings we're not a breaking news show here but it was just weird enough that we had to talk about this stuff before before i have to pay out last week's shot bet to dustin by the way sorry to steal that from you uh i just wanted to get this uh question in the chat answered here real quick from super cnb challengers just offered a trade of hawkinson and chris olave for aj brown in full ppr what do we think of that one uh dustin are you are you making this trade um going to assume that this is for redraft for this year. Um I don't know. Um I guess so. Uh only because Alave hasn't really shown out this year. Uh, obviously Michael Thomas um has something to do with that. He's kind of looking a little bit like his old self. And Hawk, I mean, I would have I would have thought he would have been even more involved with JJ being out for four weeks after this last game. Um, didn't seem like he was too much more involved from what I saw. 
So um, while I do like Hawk, you know, he is top three, top four tight end. Uh, and giving that up in in redraft this year, yeah, I'm going to assume it's not tight end premium. Uh, it would still be tough, but uh, I guess, yeah, I slightly lean A.J. Brown here ever so you, slightly. Gotcha. You lean A.J. Brown. Eric, are you taking the top tight end or are you siding with the A.J. Brown as well? I would. I would probably side with AJ with the AJ Brown side here. I guess sort of baked into that answer is the assumption that you have some sort of viable option at tight end, right? Like you're not you're not dooming yourself to the wasteland of firing up like Michael Mayer every week or whatever. Um, you know, maybe maybe you got lucky and you've got like Sam Laporta and Hawkinson. Fine, right? Like move on from you know from an area where you've got uh, a bit of a log jam and get up into you know, the top five of rest of season wide receivers with A.J. Brown. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. So we are three in favor of A.J. Brown. Sounds like they got offered the Hawkinson and Olave one. So it sounds like a decline uh, mm-hmm. from us. For what it's worth, yeah, if Hawkinson had come out last week and they were funneling targets to him like I assumed that they were going to, I'd have a way different answer to this. But as it is, go ahead and hold on to A.J. Brown. All right. Yes. So let's get into the good stuff here, uh, Jake, shall we? Uh, sure. our, our, our shot bet payout. Yeah. So to remind the folks, um, Jake, this one was yours, wasn't it, last week? Yes, I put this one up, so you did get the choice here. Yeah, so you had offered out Adam Thielen versus Jalen Waddle in, in points for the week. Uh, I took Thielen, who has been on just a, a hot streak lately. Uh it it paid off. Thielen just came out and is just doing what he's been doing at 28 and a half points. Waddle, uh, still a very solid week with 18.1. I mean, I, sure. you can't say this was a, a blowout by any means, even though the scores show it. Uh, Waddle had a great week on his own, but Thielen was just that much more impressive uh, at his spry old age of 34. Well, look, it wasn't how I wanted it to go, but it wasn't as gross as some of the shot bets that we've been making lately. So for Very that, true. <laughs> I am thankful to move away from that. And Dustin, you are an amazing fantasy football prognosticator slash genius. Cheers. Thank you, sir. That was a uh, lemon... <laughs> vodka of some nature. It's from Texas. I don't know. It's some Texas thing. You put it in the freezer. That's what my wife tells me, and it's actually pretty delicious. Was that was that a shot of limoncello? Not limoncello. It's um okay. Uh, deep Eddie. Deep Eddie lemon oh, sure. vodka. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. It's I thought pretty. I thought we were about to get weird in here with uh with <laughs> limoncello shots firing <laughs> off. <laughs> Save it for next time. Uh, yeah, save right. it for the next shop bet. Well, we're going to get plenty weird, though, with this next segment. So, Dustin, dare we venture in? Yeah, let's hit up our drunk trade of the week. Drunk, 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 hammer, drunk, 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 trade of the week. As always. We are thankful for you, Reddit, for submitting your drunk trades to us. This is a Dynasty PPR trade. It comes from Reddit user Triskster94. Not Trickster. I double-checked the spelling multiple yes. times, by the way. Triskster. Uh, in any case, they traded away Garrett Wilson for 
James Cook, and Alex Pierce. They say, I don't know, man. I was way too shit-faced when I made that trade. It haunts me all the time now. Which suggests this is at least, at least a few weeks old, I think. Given our most recent benefit of new data, do we still think that this should be a haunting trade? Eric, would you be haunted by trading away Garrett Wilson and getting this in return? I I don't think I would be. Um, look, like Garrett Wilson has uh, done better over the last couple of weeks than when this trade presumably took place. But I mean, James, James Cook is a is a perfectly fine uh, you know uh, running back two with some kind of weekly back end RB one upside. So I I think this is really more of like a of a of a roster need kind of situation, right? Like if if you were if you had a hole at running back as most people do at this point of the year. Um, you did a. You can do worse than than plugging with James Cook, right? So I I actually wouldn't I wouldn't mind clicking the button on this one. That's fair. Wouldn't mind is actually a ringing recommendation mm-hmm. for most of the stuff that we see come through here. Dustin, is this a a good one or a reasonable one for you? It's not the worst drunk trade we've seen. Uh, I would still take the Garrett Wilson side on this. Uh, James Cook, I just don't believe in long term, unfortunately. Uh, and Alec Pierce, uh, we've you know seen Josh Downs kind of taking over that number two role in Indianapolis. So you know he's got maybe weekly flex upside, maybe at that. So and I know Wilson, that offense just is a fucking struggle to watch, uh, you know. But he is, you know, we saw what he did last year. Like, uh, you know, Eric, as you just said, he's been coming on lately the last couple weeks. Um, he is too good just to let go for that little bit, in my opinion. So, uh, I mean, if you're trying to win for this year, I guess, okay, I could squint and make it work. But uh, for Dynasty long term, I just I don't like that move at all. I'm going to put myself right in the middle of you two. Just Weak. the way that I am on this screen. <laughs> just the way that I am. I'm going to sandwich myself in between. If this is meant for a short-term thing to get you over the hump and get the championship, great. I do like it. Because James Cook has made me look foolish. I wasn't big on James Cook coming into the season. And he's just really performed very well most of the time. Mm-hmm. Garrett Wilson requires a magic act to score fantasy points most weeks. If you intend to turn around and maybe trade back for Garrett Wilson down the road, maybe a couple of weeks before Aaron Rodgers returns, let's say. I think that this looks great. So I consider this step one of a two-step trade for Trickster. And in that regard, I actually think that this could be successful. But uh, I don't like Alec Pierce. That's (laughs) that's my big contribution to that. Nobody does. (laughs) Alec Pierce might like Alec Pierce. Yeah. I hope so anyways. Maybe. All right. Okay, well, let's move on to the main event here. Um, as I said at the top of the show, we're just doing a little who'd you rather for the rest of this fantasy season only, week seven on. So um, I will start off with the, the sexy position, the quarterbacks, the big money makers. We've got Jordan Love currently at QB 10 or CJ Stroud at QB 14. And uh, Eric, why don't you start us off here since you're the guest of honor. Man, I'm the guest of honor, and I get to show off my blatant Texans homerism. Um, for for me, it's it's C.J. Stroud. Um, he did finally throw his first interception of his NFL career last week, but uh, you know, apart from that, his record has been absolutely sterling. 
and and the thing that that really uh kind of breaks the breaks the tie for me is is just the the passing volume right like cj stroud has attempted over 200 passes already on the season and we we don't see jordan love throwing the ball quite that much right so you know projecting out for the next math is hard like 11 or 12 weeks um you know i'll i'll go with the guy who's who's going to sling the sling the rock a little bit more mm-hmm. what about you jake well, you know, I put this one in here very purposely to have Homer versus Homer to kick this thing <laughs> off with the Texans guy versus us two Packers. But look at me siding with the Texans guy in this scenario because, Welcome aboard. yes, Jordan Love, even when playing actually terrible for real life, has been okay even in those instances for fantasy. But I don't know how sustainable it is. I don't trust their offense like in general right now. Whereas Houston, aside from arguably their running game, is clicking very well. And all that does is bolster CJ Stroud. Now, yeah, I don't expect him to come out throwing 50 times every game for the foreseeable future. But when you've got that cavalcade of of weapons around you as well, uh, and even I have to give some props to Dalton Schultz, uh, who, who I was not a fan of coming into this season either. Yeah, I think C.J. Stroud is a much safer guy, and I think they have similar ceilings. Yeah, I'm going to make it a threesome here, uh, going with Stroud as Ooh. well. Uh, I know. I let's. Just, he's looked really good to start the season, uh, let's be honest here. And, and we all knew Jordan Love with his hot start was not going to continue that and was going to kind of regress to the mean, which we've seen over the last couple weeks. We knew there was going to be growing pains in this offense. Um, so yeah, give me Stroud, the guy that I think has the higher upside, uh, for the rest of the season here. Look at us. I Look know. at us all wow. being in agreement to start things. Now let's shake some shit up. Let's everybody start fighting on this next one. All right. Next on our list here, we've got Saquon Barkley at RB11 or Derrick Henry at RB17. Jake, why don't you start us off with this one? I am terrified for Saquon Barkley. I'm terrified because I'm terrified for this offense. The best thing to happen for this offense, we kind of talked about it up top, might actually be Daniel Jones being sidelined for a little bit, and maybe they just overwork Saquon Barkley. But when you watch him run 10 times and get 10 total yards and have no creativity whatsoever in his usage, it's a big time concern for me. For somebody whose entire deal was, look at how many big plays he can bust off. And if we don't get to see that, Saquon Barkley ceases to be very useful for you for fantasy. Derrick Henry has his own issues, in my opinion. That's why I paired these two up together. And, and I know there's been a lot of talk about, is he going to hit his cliff finally and kind of be done at his age? We saw a spark this last week of him being somewhat prime Derrick Henry on a few of those plays, enough to make me think I'd rather roll with Henry. So I would go with him for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, Eric, throwing it over to you. I'm going to keep playing nice. I'll, I'll go, I'll go Derrick Henry here as well. Look like I've, you know, functionally speaking, I've been saying like, we want to be a year too early than a year too late on the Derrick Henry cliff for what feels like, I don't know, like six years now. So clearly he gives no shits about what I have to say um, in terms of evaluating his performance. And I, I think the thing that 
is has most people concerned about him is the is the emergence of Tajay Spears. We're seeing, you know, almost on a week in and week out basis, he and Derrick Henry kind of alternating who's going to lead the the backfield in snaps for the Titans. And while that is true, Derrick Henry is still very clearly the preferred running option, right? While while they're about 50-50 in snap share, Derrick Henry is about 75-25 in favor in terms of his rush attempt share, right? So when they're running the ball, it's very clearly him. He's clearly still very big and very fast and very strong. So if they're going to give him the majority of the touches, he'll, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll continue to warm up and eventually just make people look foolish towards the, the end of the game. So I'll go Derrick Henry here. And I'm also very worried about these kind of lingering, never seem to be fully recovered from injuries that Saquon's had these last couple of years. Yep, I'm going to keep the threesome going. I'm going to go with Henry as well. Yes. Uh, I, I I loved what I saw this last week. Uh, considering it's an overseas game, short, you know, had to deal with the whole time zone change and all that. Uh, and I know that offense started off very sluggish in the first half, but uh, Derrick Henry was doing some dirty Derrick Henry things there in that second half, and I love to see it. And yeah, I agree with you, Eric. These these injuries that Saquon continues to kind of just linger on and have. I mean, we saw not last year, but the year before when he had that high ankle sprain, came back. He just wasn't the same the rest of the season. So I'm kind of expecting the same thing uh, if he's going to try to play through it this year. Um, so that's why I'm picking Henry over uh, Barkley. You guys, all right, moving. We got we got to stop being so nice to each other. It's the real world principle. We got to stop being nice and start getting real. This is where we get real. Could someone pick up the phone? No, no one. It's from the no. real world. It's from the real no. world. I, I only know it like from season one. I think clip. season one or season actually, two, very early. Okay. I never actually uh, watched the show. I only know the catchphrase. Uh, you test really. Didn't actually yeah, watch I'm the sorry. show. I threw it out there. I didn't think I was going to be challenged in this way so early on after saying it. That's on me. Dude, you put your real world bona fides out there and, and people are going to check you. Uh, I, I didn't get too deep into the real world. I think I maybe made it through like the Seattle season, which was like four or five. But I think it went on forever. Yeah. Yeah. I, I only made it through rules a few. <laughs> those road Girl rules guy or road rules versus real world where they would do those competitions head yeah, to head. challenges those too. yeah those were nice yeah, right. what do we want to talk about next you right, we'll, yourself. we'll say with running backs here um i don't want to talk about this running back but i'm gonna have to uh we've got alexander madison at rb23 versus our favorite running back on this podcast joe mixon at running back 27 um Eric, I'll throw it to you first. Oh, man. Um, based on context clues, I hope that I am making both of you mad. I'll go with Alexander Madison. Um, I probably wouldn't have given this answer a couple of weeks ago in light of Cam Akers being traded for, right? Like, high-quality running backs are freely available on the open market. So for Minnesota to send out Minimal, but draft capital nonetheless to bring in Acres, and there's the tie obviously to Kevin O'Connell there. I thought he was going to have a role, and he has had absolutely no role. Right as recently as last week, uh, Alexander Madison had an 82 percent uh, opportunity share out of that backfield. So while Cam Akers is there, he's you know he's he's healthy enough and well enough to take the field. 
I mean, Alexander Madison's going to be like this kind of ugly, plotting, high volume, low efficiency guy for the foreseeable future for me, right? So I, I, I wouldn't feel great pressing the button on either of them and having them in my lineup, but of the two, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll go with Alexander Madison. Yeah. Speaking of high volume plotting running backs, uh, I'm going to, I am going to go with Joe Mixon, um, yes. as much as it hurts my soul. <laughs> wow. Oh. I know it hurts my soul to say that, but uh, I think that the offense in Cincinnati is finally turning the corner here. Um, and Joe Mixon, he has weak winning upside in his range of outcomes, which Alexander Madison, I don't feel like does. So give me the guy that I know can throw up a 50 point week at least once in the season. Um uh, the rest of the weeks are probably going to look fairly ugly, yes, but it's going to be just as ugly as Madison, I feel like. So uh, give me the guy that gives me a, that edge of upside. Jake, what about you? Jeepers, jeepers. I never thought I'd see the day. Uh, I know. Eric, yeah, the, the little inside winky wink there is that Joe Mixon is arguably our least favorite uh, running Aww. back in the history of running backs. But to hear you say that shook me to my core. Um, I will me. say that. <laughs> with Joe Mixon, what I expected, because the last couple of weeks, we see the Bengals offense become the Bengals offense or more of what we were accustomed to at least the last couple of years. Joe Burrow's healthy, he's thrown a lot. Seems like that should rise all, all tides. Mixon just kind of stayed stagnant. His output didn't really change at all, which is kind of strange to me. I would still hearken to say he has more scoring opportunities the rest of the season. I would disagree that he has more weak winning potential because Alexander Madison, there is two weeks now, I believe back to back or maybe a week apart where he should have had two touchdowns mm-hmm. and just, you know, fluked it right. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. Well, Joe Mixon hasn't even been in that situation to potentially have that over the last few weeks. So I will, I will take Alexander Madison with the promise. I kind of disagree, though, with Eric a little bit as well. So I'm disagreeing with both of you. See? See? I'm not just playing. Well done. Uh, Eric, (laughs) I actually think Alexander Madison is always another fumble away from being benched in favor of Cam Akers. But I would much rather have Madison in my lineups until that happens and just say I'll roll the dice every week. With Joe Mixon, sure, it's more security for the rest of the season because he's the guy. But I'd rather take the shot on Madison than Cam. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right, we'll we'll do one more running back duo here, um, oh, yeah. only because they are the most underappreciated group here. So let's give them their their love here. So we got Miles. Well, Sanders. we can't ask like, oh, do you guys want to start Brees Hall or Raheem Mostert? Like, come on, we're not going to do that either. Oh, we could, but that just won't no. be nearly as fun. No. All right, last grouping here. We got Miles Sanders at RB33 or Javante Williams at RB42. Uh, Eric, let's start with you. Pass. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I would not feel good about either of these situations. Um, I guess. I guess I'll lean towards Miles Sanders under the the presumption that when he's healthy, he is going to get a larger percentage of the opportunity 
in that backfield than Javante Williams is, right? Obviously, um, you know, we, we saw Jaleel McLaughlin, you know, uh, burst onto the scene while Williams was out. Uh, Samaj P. Ryan is still lingering around out there taking uh, snaps and touches here here and there. So while I wouldn't be surprised to see Sanders seed a bit of work to Chuba Hubbard in light of this week's performance, I still think he's going to have, uh, you know, the majority of the carries in a two-way split as opposed to Williams, you know, dividing that up across three guys. Mm-hmm. Jake? I like the ideal of Miles Sanders getting targets, which he does when he's out there most of the time. But I, I do think maybe Chuba Hubbard starts to eat into his share just a little bit. What I like about Javante Williams, and I, I would prefer Javante Williams, is I expect we haven't seen his best yet or his best utilization yet because there's still the injury thing that he was being worked in from, which, to his credit, didn't look to impact him in these early games. But there just seems like naturally there would be a little bit of a lingering thing with that to where even if we can't see it, hopefully he should continue trending upward. Now, yeah, Jaleel McLaughlin did look really good. But the usage that Javante Williams got in this last game, coming right back from that injury, it actually made me feel more at ease with him. Um, and let's be honest, the Panthers run through Adam Thielen these days. There is not room for another pass catcher in Carolina. Uh, but I'm just going with Javante on the hope that he continues climbing up. Yeah, Jake, I wish I could agree with you. I feel like Javante is one of my big misses for this year. Um, just with all the all the talk coming out of training camp, how he looked healthy, I should have known to stick with my guns. Uh, you don't take running backs coming off of their ACL injury, except for Brees Hall, because he's a stud. Um, there's always an exception to the rule. But no, give me Miles Sanders. Uh, when he's healthy, yeah, he is the focal point uh, in that running back room. And give me the guy that's going to get all the volume, as opposed to the now three-headed monster in Denver. I don't know how much of a monster you can call Samaj P. Ryan, but that's fine. I'll let it slide ostensibly just so we can move on. You didn't know that was his nickname? The monster? Is that what they called him in college? Yeah. Okay. Big well, feet. Hope we put a sock on the door. <laughs> uh, let's fucking talk about wide receivers. All right. First pairing here. Going back to Houston, we've got Jake's ever budding romance here with Tank Dell at wide receiver 28 or Mr. Calvin Ridley at wide receiver 32. Um, Jake, I'm going to start with you here. Uh, I know this is your team, Eric, but Jake has just professed his love about Tank Dell all season long. So I want to get his viewpoint here first. First of all, weirdly, I didn't expect these guys to be this close in points per game. I, I really did not. I thought that Calvin Ridley would have, with his boom games recently, surpassed this level and been closer to at least a wide receiver, too. And that's not the case. And because that's not the case, that is ultimately more terrifying for Calvin Ridley to say, even with those explosive games, here he is sitting at wide receiver 32. And Christian Kirk is not going away. I feel validated, finally, in my love for Christian Kirk that I was professing in this offseason. Didn't feel that way initially, I got to say. But I do think that Christian Kirk is the safe guy. Calvin Ridley is the Amari Cooper-esque, ride the wave and just hope that you get him on the right game type of thing. With Tank Dell, 
yes, not every game has been amazing. And Noah Brown came back and got a few targets. And I don't care. I want Tank Dell because every time he gets the ball, he looks so electric. And it feels like the team has realized that to a large extent. Nico Collins is still the guy, but I do want Tank Dell in my lineup more consistently than Calvin Ridley. Mm-hmm. Eric? I care deeply about Noah Brown returning um, to the, to the point where I, I think it's, it's just enough to, to take the wind out of the, the tank Dell sales. Um, if you look at his, his game log over the, the early part of the season, it wasn't until Noah Brown went on IR that we really saw his routes, his snaps and, you know, following his receptions and yardage start to tick up. He obviously has played very much so well enough to, you know, earn the starting role. But I, I do think we're going to see him seed an incremental amount of work to to Noah Brown now that they are both healthy, presuming that Tank Dell comes back after the, the bye week as he's out with a concussion, right? So it's it's kind of a cop out argument, but I, I I think that I think I'm gonna go with Calvin Ridley here because I'm not sure I'm not sure that Tank Dell's best days are ahead of him this season, right? Like I think those couple of boom weeks we saw in weeks two and weeks three you know that was that was when he had that slot role all to himself, and you know even if even if he's just given up a couple of couple of routes, a couple of catches here, that's a that's enough to you know to kind of knock him down towards like the back end of that wide receiver three radar. Your your points spot on, Jake. Like Calvin Ridley is basically Christian Watson South, right? Like you're gonna have these crazy spike weeks, and you're gonna win by forty points, and it's gonna be super fun, and then he's gonna you know get shadowed by AJ Terrell and do nothing. Um, so like, you know, riding the wave is, is part of what makes this fun, but all told, I think we're looking at a, a greater sum of fantasy points from Calvin Ridley from this point forward. I never thought I'd live to see the day where I had to fight an actual Texans fan about <laughs> tank Dell, but here we are. When Calvin Ridley was declared the best wide receiver in the league, right? All the victory lapping. Oh, I remember. Uh, Jake, I'm going to lean with you ever so slightly. It's pretty close, but I'm going to lean with the Tank Dell here uh, rest of the season. I love what this young offense is doing. As we talked about CJ Stroud, we're all on board with him. He's going to continue to chuck the rock around, do his thing. Uh, I love Calvin Ridley. Don't get me wrong, but with this Jags offense, um, Trevor has no problem just spreading the ball around to whoever is open. He's not going to force feed it to one specific wide receiver, uh, except for Calvin Ridley in week one. I think that was to make a point to be like, yes, he is still good. He can do Calvin Ridley things. Uh, he hasn't played in almost two years. Let's force feed him. But ever since then, it's he's been taking the matchups and whoever comes. We've seen Ingram have his games. We've, you know, Zay Jones has had his games. You know, Christian Kirk. So, I mean, it's, it's, he's going to take the matchup. Um, so that's why I just can't trust Calvin Ridley. Uh, where Tank Dell, you know, they're going to be playing from behind pretty much every single week there in Houston. Uh, and with Stroud, um, no offense. I, I like him throwing it around. And, <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's my take on that. I love it. Well, let's take a quick break from, uh, the Who'd You Rather to ask or address rather this question from the chat from WSP guys. What's up? Need a defense to start the Jags commanders or the Packers this week. Gentlemen, 
this is quite the interesting situation. So uh, if we're looking at the matchups for week seven, we have Green Bay taking on Denver. Right away, my ears perk up when I get to see anybody at all going against Denver. Now, they are leaning towards the Jaguars in week seven. Uh, I'm looking up the matchup, and it's it's against the Saints on Thursday mm-hmm. night football. So yep. there could be something for the Thursday night of it all as well. But do we have uh, an idea of who we'd like to go with? I'm still leaning towards the Packers. Uh, the Commanders do also face the Giants, though. Yeah, uh, when I saw this, um, I immediately, after looking at the matchups, was like, give me the Commanders going against the Giants. Like, it's just their offense is so poor. You got Tyrod. I know he's he's a long, long-term backup in the NFL he started so he's got experience but um if he was a true starter he would have been playing for years as a starter on some team so um yeah give me Washington in this scenario Eric who would you take this week I would actually go with Washington as well um which kind of surprises me in my emotions um <laughs> if if we go back to last week uh Washington played much better against the Falcons than I think anybody anticipated. A lot of that has to do with the decision to bench rookie um, uh, rookie cornerback Forbes, Emmanuel Forbes. He was getting completely blown past by anyone that he was covering. So if they continue to sit him down, if they can keep touchdowns to a minimum, they're actually like most of their, their counting metrics are league average or, or better. Right. So they're, they're not, they're not a bad defense on paper. And then they get what looks to be a very favorable matchup against a Giants offense that is just completely in turmoil. So I'll I'll go with the Commanders. So I've said a lot of negative things about the Giants offense, but I will say watching Tyrod Taylor play last week against the Buffalo Bills, he's not somebody who doesn't understand his role. He understands he's a game manager and he's not trying to turn the ball over. I actually think this is a better matchup if Daniel Jones is in there trying to do his heroics for the Commanders. So I, I'm i still going to lean with Green Bay. Uh, call me a homer. That's fine. But oddly enough, none of us are in on the Jags, unfortunately, WSP. So uh, take us mm-hmm. with a grain of salt. If you feel confident, Thursday Night Football does tend to produce pretty low-scoring games historically, so that might be a factor. But this, the Saints aren't slouches regardless of Honestly, whatever their quarterback situation is. Mm-hmm. I concur. All right. Moving on to the wide receivers here. We've got Devonta Smith at wide receiver 38 or Debo Samuel at wide receiver 40. Eric, hit us first off here with the wide receivers. These decisions are not fun. I don't know why I agreed to come here. <laughs> um. <laughs> These are these are such perfect pairings. Shout out to you guys. Um, for for me, I'm I'm gonna go to the Devonta Smith side here. I I think that um, over the course of the season, the Eagles' offense is gonna do a good bit more scoring than than the the 49ers will. But also with with Devonta Smith, who is currently ranked higher, right? He's sitting at wide receiver 29 on total. He's he's still got a fair amount of upside. He's number eight in the league in unrealized yards. He's got a 309. Exactly 309, over 300 unrealized air yards, right? So there, there are a lot of passes that, you know, have the potential for being these explosive plays that are just going off his fingertip. There's another one where, uh, he was barely on the, on the, the out of bounds marker, right? So 
if we if we start to see these um you know these near misses make their way into his hands obviously the the upside there is is unreal so i'll I'll go with the Devonta Smith side but i I don't like this question <laughs> Jake I'm gonna jump in here before I throw it over to you um yeah i'm I'm with you Eric I'm gonna go Devonta Smith um I think what we've seen from Debo the last couple of years is Debo. Uh, that one amazing season he had a few years ago was the outlier. Uh, Brandon Ayuk look is the real deal there. Um, I think he is going to be the preferred wide receiver there moving forward. And yeah, I just, I love the Eagles offense. Um, as far as scoring more points, Julio does not bother me whatsoever. As we kind of talked about at the top of the hour here. Uh, so yeah, give me Devonta Smith. Jake, what say you? Yeah, I did these. I, I made these to be as frustrating as apology uh, as possible, and for that I do not apologize. But Devontae Smith, I think the wheel circles back to him because AJ Brown has been the squeaky wheel, and they've been making sure that he gets his grease the last few weeks. But it's almost been at the detriment of the team. I don't know how long they can continue to just funnel these targets to AJ Brown. As somebody who has him in a fair amount of leagues, I'm fine with it. But I just can't imagine that that keeps up. I do think I'm suffering from take lock, though, on Debo Samuel. I came into the season. I was Brandon Ayuk, Brandon Ayuk. But the team has said, like, Debo Samuel is going to be much more useful than I thought he was going to be. So I'm not writing off Debo Samuel at all. And rest of season, I could see an argument for Debo Samuel over Brandon Ayuk, by the way. But I would take Devonta Smith out of these two. Fair enough. Uh, got another question in the chat here, boys, uh, before we move on. Uh, this comes from Eli G. Four and two and a 12 man, full Boy. PPR. Uh, should I trade Devontae Adams and Jordan Love for Tua and Zay Flowers? Uh, current roster is Love Fields, Tyreek Adams, Tank Dell, Deontay Johnson, and KJ Osborne. Hmm. Can I just say one thing real quick? In a one-quarterback league, which I'm assuming this is, the quarterbacks don't mean that much to me. So, yes, I much prefer Tua above Jordan Love for the rest of the season. But in one quarterback, I'm so adamant about skimming most of the time that it's not as big of a golf as it seems up front. So with that, would I rather have Devontae Adams or Zay Flowers? Much as I like Zay Flowers being the number one receiver there, better days ahead for Devontae. It's been very frustrating. I can appreciate the frustration the last couple of weeks, but much better days ahead for him. So I would take the Adams side. Eric, what would you do? I've got a similar process. Um, you know, while while Tua is clearly the more um, you know productive of the two quarterbacks, you're talking about an incremental difference week over week, right? So really, you know, side by side with Zay Flowers and Devonte Adams, it's it's no discussion. It's it's Devontae Adams. Um, I have so much Devontae Adams that I am just like creating voodoo dolls of Jacoby Myers and cursing his name because <laughs> his last couple of weeks have not been fun. But um, he's still a very much so elite wide receiver in this league, whereas Zay Flowers is, is clearly in that kind of emerging category. Yeah, I, initially I wanted to say make the trade because um, I would love that to a Tyreek stack because, um, I mean, just the amount of points you can get from those two on any given week is insane. Um, but I do agree with your guys' process. Um, 
you know, having Adams and Tyreek as two elite wide receivers on your team. Uh, maybe if Deontay Johnson had been healthy for the season and actually was playing, it might be a little bit different, but we don't know if he's going to come back or when he's going to come back, how he's going to reacclimate into this offense. Um, so yeah, I, I would stick with what you've got. Um, you know, and hopefully Fields starts to turn it around and doesn't have these uh, weeks like he did this last week. Uh, it was more of the couple weeks previous to that. Woo. All right, one more wide receiver, and then we'll go to our favorite position of the tight end. So we've got T. Higgins, wide receiver 60, or Deontay Johnson at wide receiver 62. We're just talking about the trade here. So, Eric? Hit us. Uh, this this kind of feels like a like a redux version of the Devonta Smith and Debo Samuel question, um, and I will follow the same logic. Uh, I'll go with T Higgins. Uh, you know he his his role in this offense has not changed. You know, really, a lot of his struggles this season have been tied to Joe Burrow uh, nursing his way back from that um, from that calf injury. He actually is one of only seven people. That has more unrealized air yards than Devonta Smith, right? So I, I think as Burrow gets healthier, we get much more of last season's version of T. Higgins. And while, you know, while Deontay Johnson is clearly no slouch himself, I, I do think that some of that elite volume that we've kind of gotten accustomed to with him over these last few years, like that's, that's probably work that's going to go George Pickens way when he returns based on how he's played while Johnson was absent, right? So. For these, for these, you know, kind of high volume compiler type players, like you take away any of their volume, and it it really hurts their standing. So I'll go with Higgins, mm-hmm. Jake. So ironically, I have to mention two T Higgins managers. Please don't worry about drops. Let Deontay Johnson from last year be your beacon of light for that. T Higgins has dropped a ton of passes this year, mm-hmm. and it's been frustrating to watch but he's going to keep getting targeted. With that said, I would actually prefer Deontay Johnson. I think it's a matter of how we view George Pickens. So I view him differently than I I think that you do, Eric, which is I think that George Pickens was incredible in especially the last couple of weeks that we saw him, but they they weren't safe throws that were being made to him. It was like the desperation got to have it throws still with George Pickens, which is what his role is. And he's very good at it. But I do think when Deontay Johnson comes back, his role as that like very safe guy in this type of offense is probably, I think he still leads the team in targets the rest of the way. So in full PPR, I I just barely give the edge to Deontay. Yeah, Jake, while I agree with you in premise about everything you said, I'm still going to go with T. Higgins. Um, Like Eric said, just give me the offense. I, 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 T. Higgins can go on any other team and be a wide receiver one immediately. Um, he just happens to have one of the best wide receivers in the league ahead of him. Um, which Tyler Boyd. Cuts, yes, Tyler Boyd, which cuts into his production. Um, but yeah, I'm not worried about T. Higgins. The offense is getting it together. So give me the guy in the more explosive offense. I like that you led into that by saying, I re- I agree with you in everything that you just said, and also go fuck yourself, because that's completely wrong. I want the, 
the way that you set that up, I thought this was about to get personal. Like, while I agree on salience with every argument that you just made, I don't like you, so I'm coming with you. <laughs> it sounded like it was getting personal. Uh, oh. Accurate. God. All right. <laughs> Let's finish off this segment here. Um, we'll do one tight end pairing here. Uh, Jake, I'm going to have you kick this one off because I know tight ends is your favorite position. We've got Darren Waller at tight end 11 or Kyle Pitts at tight end 13. First of all, did I mean for us to end on the worst note possible? You fucking betcha. I absolutely (laughs) did. And I know that this is going to be painful for everybody involved to talk about. Uh, We've all, I think at various points in our lives, been high on both of these players at different times. I know for us, coming into the season, me especially, Ugh. loved Darren Waller. I loved the idea of Darren Waller. That idea is not really realized, so neither are a top 10 tight end at this point in points per game. To be fair, Kyle Pitts, as of two weeks ago, was like fucking tight end 40. So the fact that he is now tight end 13, to me says Arthur Smith is finally going to allow him and this offense in general to throw a little bit more and maybe to throw to the guys that need it. However, Galaxy Brain here says that because they got targets and the Falcons lost, now Arthur Smith is going to do the exact opposite of what I think the right thing is and Kyle Pitts is probably going to fade back away. I don't like either of these. But I will ride with Darren Waller the rest of the way, especially with Tyrod Taylor under center, because I think that he has a safer floor. Eric? Man, um, I, I need to get my bearings from from this galaxy brain, because <laughs> while it while it might be hard to track, expecting Arthur Smith to do the opposite of the logical thing, there's some historical precedent there. Um so I, I need to I need to consider this point. Actually, surprisingly enough, I was I was looking into this last week. Um, Desmond Ritter and the Falcons' offense has been throwing the ball a ton. He had that he had that first he had that first game where he made eighteen pass attempts. He's had thirty or more pass attempts in every single game after that, including forty seven last week. Like the issue with Kyle Pitts and to a lesser extent Drake London has been whether or not there's going to be enough pass attempts to sustain fantasy production for those guys. I mean, we've got we've got a six week sample size, and five of them, you know, we're we're in a a pass volume territory that we want to be in. So, I'll actually I'm setting myself up to get hurt again. I'll I'll believe in Arthur Smith to let this trend hold, but they're going to keep passing the ball. I'll go with Kyle Pitts because of that, but also you you kind of led into this when you were talking about how two weeks ago Pitts was like tight end forty or whatever. Really, we're talking about who has a better chance to get into a tight end five or better result in any given week. Because once you get past that point, everyone's just kind of the same, right? Like, I don't really care if Pitts finishes nine and Waller finishes 10. You're going to get the exact same production. The guy who I think has a better chance to actually have those spike weeks and, you know, pop into that top five range more frequently is is Pitts for me. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you, Eric, here. I'm going to go Pitts, even though... My heart has been broken so many times in the last few years by Kyle Pitts. Um, thank you, Arthur Smith, for that. Um, but it does seem like things have changed a little bit. Uh, am I expecting tight end one production out of Kyle Pitts? No. But I do 
do think that the opportunity there is better than what we're seeing in New York. Um, at this point, the offense is just complete hot trash. Uh, where at least Atlanta is moving the ball, uh, whether it's on the ground or through the air. Uh, we haven't seen any of that with New York. So give me the offense that's actually doing a little bit. Uh, and I, I, I'm ready to get hurt again if, if that's what it takes. You and me both. I can't wait to revisit this in three weeks when Kyle Pitts is somehow tight end forty again. That's gonna be a it's gonna be a great time. Yeah, and Reno, you know what? I will time. say yes. I I hurt and that's okay. <laughs> uh, Eric, I want to be cognizant of your time here as well. We have some more questions in from the chat that I would love to get to. Uh, if you have time to stick around for those, I'm sure they would value your opinion. But if you got to go, yeah, we understand as well. All right. No, let's get them. Let's start here since we've wrapped up with Cohen. Uh, their team is Hurts, Jonathan Taylor, Brees Hall, A.J. Brown, Cooper Cup, Devontae Smith. I'm going to stop. This is just bragging. We're just in our chat bragging about your team, I think, at this point. But what their actual trade question is, is should I trade David Montgomery and Devontae Smith for Jalen Waddle and Ramondre Stevenson? Justin, at first blush, are you more interested in Montgomery, who is injured at least and not playing for this week? We don't know long term. Uh, but Devontae Smith or Waddle and Stevenson? No, um, stick with Monte and Devonta Smith. Uh, Monte, he's going to have his role in that Lions offense. Yeah, he's hurt right now. But uh, when he comes back, he's going to be getting those touchdowns that we all love. And Devonta Smith, we just talked about him. Uh, give me the high powered offense. Not that. Miami's offense isn't high powered. Don't take it that way. Um, but I, I just like Devonta Smith uh, a titch better than Waddle. Eric, what do you think about this one? I also, by my scientific measurement standard, have Devonta Smith a titch better than Waddle. But I don't like the idea of, I'm assuming that the AJ in question is AJ Brown. Um, mm -hmm. So the idea of having to ride kind of like the boomer bus weeks or watching them trade back and forth uh their role as the squeakiest wheel uh you know kind of playing out over the course of my starting lineup is something that I'm I'm not really all that keen on so you know in a vacuum I would I would go with the Monty and Devonta Smith side but based on how this roster is constructed Waddle's perfectly comparable to Devonta Smith you know Stevenson is someone that I've I've been buying low on for a while um he did the Stevenson thing last week where he looked pretty inefficient on the ground and then just completely saved your day with his with his work as a pass catcher um, so hopefully that is a sign of more things to come and as a side note what is this report from <laughs> from man campbell saying that david montgomery is going to be out quote for a little bit like <laughs> either give us information or just give us coach speak like you know doesn't I mean? talk like a normal person ever remember yeah. when david yeah, montgomery earlier was like, I don't know, I could miss like four weeks or five weeks. And he's like, no, you won't. <laughs> like yeah. He's going to be playing next week. Dan Campbell doesn't live by our rules, man. Um, I, I do got to say, I don't like Ramondre Stevenson. I'm just out on Ramondre Stevenson because he is too frustrating for me. So my suggestion in all of this is make the trade, but see if you can get anybody besides Ramondre Stevenson coming back as that running <laughs> back. And then I'd be into it. Because I agree, I don't like the the two wide receivers from the same offense, unless it's like Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. If you have those two on your team, that's fine, because you can start them both every week. I'd feel less comfortable doing that with uh, Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown. Um, 
Let's move on to Marcelo here, who is asking, this week only, Roshan Johnson, who we hope is coming back from the concussion. I don't know if he's seen that officially. Mm-hmm. But presuming he plays, is it him or Zach Evans this week? Eric, what's your preference there? My preference in this case would be Roshan Johnson. Um, that matchup against the Raiders is plenty favorable. Um, we saw as recently as last week that um, Devonta Foreman is I mean, Dante Foreman is pretty much dust, right? So you don't really have to worry about him having anyone uh, chip away at his his workload. And like we talked about off the top, I mean the Rams are kind of giving the big finger to Zach Evans with their roster moves, so. There's no way that I could start him confidently, even if I do have questions about Roshan Johnson, specifically about this offense and how they'll perform without Justin Fields out there. I mean, he's he's going to get the work, and that that means a lot in this game that we play. That's right. Dustin, your thoughts? Yeah, same. Uh, give me Roshan, uh, assuming he's starting this week. Yeah, should be dump-off city with uh, the young bad gent back there. One would... Presume, but I don't know. I presume the wrong things about Chicago all the time. Uh, Smile Sky is asking, I'm two and four in my team. It's unfortunate. We've all been there, by the way. Uh, is Herbert Eckler, Aaron Jones, Puka Nakua, Adam Thielen, Jalen Waddle, Garrett Wilson. This is a lot of names. I need to take a breather. Raheem Mostert, George Kittle, James Cook. And I got off with Jefferson and Saquon for Jones, Mostert, and Waddle. What do you think? So the roster is how it reads up top. I'll let you guys reread that. But essentially, the offer here is Justin Jefferson on IR for at least three more weeks and Saquon for Aaron Jones, Mostert, and Waddle. What's the side preference there? Eric, out of all of that, I know that's a lot of names, but what jumps out to you? Um... My inability to process information at this time of the day jumps out to me. <laughs> so I, I think what we're saying, if we make this trade, you're looking at a running back stable of Eckler, Saquon Barkley, and James Cook. Mm-hmm. That math checks out. Mm-hmm. Um, you're losing running back depth, which I never really like to do, especially at this point in the season. Um, and you're like you're you're two and four, like you're not really in a position. To, to navigate three more weeks without the, the best piece in this trade in Justin Jefferson, right? So I think, you know, I, I think on its, on its face, it's, it's fine, right? It's, it's, you know, you can make an argument on either side, but based on where you are record wise, I would rather have the guys that can produce for me right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree uh, with everything you said there, Eric. Uh, you just can't afford at this point of the season, if you want to try to make a run, you can't afford to have Jefferson on your bench for at least three more weeks. And that's assuming he comes back um, after four. Like, there's no guarantees there. Uh, and and we talked about Saquon earlier, too, where it's I just don't trust him the rest of this season. So I would stick with what you got and just hope that the uh, uh, points come your way for a change as, as opposed to going for your uh, uh, opponents. Yeah, if you were four and two, I don't even know if I'd make this trade, honestly. But being two and four, absolutely not. Uh, we're going to do a couple fast round ones here real quick from the chat. So Cadell is asking, do I trade DJ Moore and Raheem Mostert for Tony Pollard and Henry? Dustin, what's your initial thought here? Uh, I would say no. Uh, Mostert, um, he's been electric. And DJ Moore, he's done DJ Moore things. Yeah. Eric? 
I would say yes. I've traded a lot of Raheem Mostert. Um, look, I, I think I think we're we're only a couple weeks away from uh, from Devon Achan coming back and Mostert going back to like eight to ten touches. So it won't be fun for a few weeks. But I, I think I think you're getting some good running back depth. I understand that with the durability of Mostert, that's always my concern mm-hmm. with him. Achan out until week ten, though. It's very hard for me to pass up those points, and I don't love Tony Pollard enough. To say that, like, all right, I'm good with it. So I would actually uh, uh, be fine with DJ Moore and Mostert here. Uh, Brad is asking two to start here. One is a flex spot. One is a wide receiver. Brian Robinson, Chris Godwin, Drake London, and Curtis Samuel. Out of those four, who are the two that we'd be rolling with, Eric? Definitely benching Curtis Samuel out of this lot. And I'm I'm probably Benson. Oh, wow, this feels weird to say out loud. I'm probably going to bench Godwin as well. So I, I would fire up Brian Robinson and Drake London here. Um, that that Atlanta perimeter defense is no joke. Um, we obviously saw Terry McLaurin have a better than expected day last week, but you know AJ Terrell and Jeff Okuda are locking people down week in and week out. Yep, I am right there with you, um, Brian Robinson. Um, spoiler is my start of the week this week against the Giants, so I am all in on him, and I do like Drake London. So, yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm with you guys on Brian Robinson. I'm not with you on Drake London. I actually want both of the Washington pieces in this. Curtis Samuel looks like the wide receiver, too. I don't typically like to start two guys, different positions from the same team, but this week against the Giants, I'm actually comfortable with that. Brad, you make the call ultimately. Uh gentlemen, what do we what do we say we hop into our starts of the week here before the, the show gets a little too long in the tooth? Let go. Yeah. So just to recap, last week starts uh real quickly here. Jake, you had Zach Ertz at the Rams. Uh he finished with a paltry four point two points as tight end twenty-five. Wow. So Unfortunately, that one didn't work out. Not that mine was much better by any stretch of the imagination. I had Josh Jacobs going against New England. Uh, did finish in double digits with 11.3 as RB22. So not a total loss for the day, but not what we were expecting either. So uh, start of the week for this week. Um, Eric, as our guest of honor, why don't you lead us off here with who your start is? Oh, man, I wanted to go last because I wanted to thumb my nose at Jake's pick. Um, oh, that's fine. No, we'll have Jake go first. No, we'll have Jake go first. That's fine. Jake, you go first. Guys, you guys are, <laughs> guys are the worst. Uh, my, you know what? You can thumb your nose as much as you want. And yes, this is the only time I think in the entire show that I have been pro Christian Watson, but I am finally pro Christian Watson this week against Denver. It's just because of the matchup. It's because Denver, they're so susceptible to the big plays. To any any sort of creativity that you can throw to Denver, it doesn't have to be much. They melt down. So normally I would be the Romeo Dobbs guy and just saying he's going to get a bunch of targets. That's great. Or go to the running backs against Denver. But we don't know Aaron Jones is officially playing. A.J. Dillon, who the hell knows with the James Robinson news. So give me Christian Watson this week. All right. Eric, I'll let you go last here. So um, as I said... um... I've got Brian Robinson going against the Giants. I just love the matchup. Uh, he has been the lead dog in this offense, although we have seen Antonio Gibson, you know, vulture some touchdowns here or there. That's okay. Brian Robinson is being involved in the passing game as well as being the lead dog in the run game. So 
Uh, give me him in this very juicy matchup against the Giants. Now I can't wait. I know. I'm so excited for this. So actually, in in practicality, it's it's kind of a nitpicky argument. I'm I'm following the exact same logic as as Jake here, but I'm going to the other side of the formation with Romeo Dobbs because Ooh. as we currently sit, Romeo Dobbs is projected to have two count them two more snaps in Damari Mathis's coverage than Christian Watson. I I do think that Watson sees a little bit more Patrick Sertan. Patrick Sertan isn't really shadowing a ton this year, so. I don't think it's going to be a situation where, you know, either of these guys just kind of get the clamps from, from Sertan, but every single snap in Mathis's coverage, Damari Mathis's coverage is, is valuable. The uh, PFF has ranked 640 some odd, 641, uh, coverage corners on the course of the season. And Damari Mathis is rated number 618. He's allowing like a 75% catch rate. <laughs> Basically, like any any measurable statistic in terms of grading a cornerback's capability to cover someone, Damari Mathis is near the bottom of the league. And yet Ugh. he's still out there and he should see a little more Romeo Dobbs. So I'll go Dobbs over Watson, but really these two these two should be in line for fantastic weeks. What we're mm-hmm. saying is fire up your Packers this week against Denver and enjoy Do it. it. Uh Dustin Lucky mm-hmm. in the chat, by the way. My guys, Dustin will love you. The, the king, mm. by the way, the mm-hmm. king of movie, uh, what do you call those brackets? Like NCAA yep. brackets? Yep. Oh, sure. The king of those, by the way. All right. All right. Well, do we want to do another couple questions or should we go for our shot bet of the week here, Jake? I think we got to do the shot bet. I've been answering the questions here in the chat. So let's uh, let's get into this. Now, it's your turn to choose. And Eric, it's up to you whether you want to p- participate in this. And y- what you get is the luxury of waiting to see what Dustin comes up with. You get to choose. He has to take whatever is left, essentially. So if you want to participate, I encourage you to do so. But you are under no obligation. I'm confused by these rules and this setup, but I'm in nonetheless. Tell All right. Me what, tell me what I am to do with my hands. <laughs> Dustin, come give us our, our yeah. uh, shot bet here. All right. So so we always do uh, team against team. So two teams that are playing each other. Uh, and this week, I am going to go with two very high-powered offenses playing on Sunday night, both five and one teams. We got the Dolphins v. the Eagles. Uh, Jake, Eric. We're going to go wide receiver room versus wide receiver room. Fantasy points for the game. So all the wide receivers. All, all wide, just wide, just wide receivers. Not receiving, just wide receivers. No okay. tight ends, just wide receivers. Okay. Uh, so. I hate this. I hate this. I'm going to jump in, though. I'm taking the Dolphins wide receivers here. I'm not going to back away from the Dolphins now. I wanted the Dolphins think? too, but I'll I'll go with the birds. No, let's, let's go. You birds. get to I'm take you get to take the Dolphins as well. We basically oh. just you Dustin can take has whoever to take you our want. Leftover, so yeah. it's up to you, man. You, you take oh, whatever yeah. you want. Let's let's go the Finns by a good margin. I was oh. just going to be the Huckleberry oh, by a good and take margin. the side I didn't want. No, I think we've uh, we just sit back and and watch Dustin have to squirm next week as one no. of the receivers gets everything. And the other loses. 
no, no, no. I'm going to be watching you two do shots next week, and it's going to be terrific. Yeah, well, we'll ask anyway. if 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 we lose here, Eric, we're not going to lose. If we lose, you just have to send us a quick little video submission of you taking the shot. That's it. That's all you got to do. Oh man, I thought it was going to be like if we lose, I have an invite back onto the show next week, and then I can just keep taking a dive, and you guys won't be able to get rid of me. <laughs> hey, look, dealer's choice on that, man. Dealer's choice. Uh, and in fact, if we win, when we win. I'll even patch you in so that he has to say it to your face on the screen how good of a fantasy yes. analyst you are. Uh, about that? All what right. Is? Well, we shall see what actually happens out of here. Uh, <laughs> before we get out of here, uh, Eric, why don't you tell folks uh, one more time where they can find you, uh, promote anything you want here. Floor is yours. Uh, at Fantasy Nav on Twitter. Um, it was under my picture earlier. I'm sure it'll come back at some point. Um, the most immediate promotion that I can do in 35 minutes, I'll be live with the IBT family talking about week six that was and the week seven that's upcoming. And in an hour and 35 minutes, I'll be on my YouTube channel, which is Green Screens Media, doing a conference preview for the Big East. If you guys have any uh, any hoop heads in your life, send them our way. Nice. Beautiful. Yeah, go check that out. Definitely. Uh, folks, this is your weekly reminder uh, for your buy teams. We got Carolina, Cincinnati, Dallas, Houston, the Jets, and the Titans all on buy this week. A little mini buy apocalypse, as they say. Uh, so don't start anyone from those teams because you will not score any points. Uh, but do remember to go check your waivers for teams that are maybe uh, dropping players because of these bye weeks. Uh, if you can handle it, pick them up, uh, get yourself some points. Um, as always, go give us five stars, rate, review, subscribe to us, all those good places. Everything we tell you to do every single week. Uh, you can find my partner at Jake Trowbridge. You can find us at Drinking Fantasy on Twitter slash X, whatever you want to call it. You can find me at FF Dusty Dog. And until next week, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers. Oh, shit. Oh, shit.